When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. This is the main event. Is the main event Mark's podcast brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports? I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad. I am Troy, and with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the mortis to my wrath. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? What's up? I'm actually excited to go back to 1997, man. It's been a couple of weeks since we've. Uh, Covered WCW and wrestling. I like to, I like to go back to '97. You and I talked about it last, uh, the last podcast. How this may be their best year ever. It, well, actually, you you were saying you think it is their best year ever. And oh, I don't think. Well, yeah, I'm not, it's not it's a certainty. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to say it's not their best year. I mean '96 through '98, I think was was all pretty. Pretty damn good. 97. 96 from the middle on, so it wasn't a full year. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> I think back about it, yeah. Uh, but this hit that sweet spot. They were they were chugging along with the NWO and, and other storylines going on. Obviously, the NWO was like their top thing going on, but if you look at this card in the show that we're going to be talking about, the Great American Bash, there's a lot going on throughout the company, various storylines. Obviously, none of them reached the level of the NWO stuff, but it was all pretty damn good uh, to, you know, moderately decent. We'll, we'll get to the stuff that's forgettable. We'll get to the stuff that's great. 
And we'll do all that after the news. But before we dive into all of that, time out here real quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks all one word to get 15% off your order at checkout. And we're going to take ourselves our first break. When we come back on the other end of this, we're going to dive into the news and notes. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's Main Event Marks redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Shock Energy. Shock Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon. 
You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. News and notes time. <clears throat> We're coming up just before July 4th here in uh, the, the United States. Uh, obviously a big time for us here, but to honor that, it, we're going to be just, just a little bit. You know, I, uh, I, I watch the fireworks and I go to bed. I don't know if it's really a big deal for me, honestly, but <laughs> I'm talking to the grand scheme of the country. It was a big deal, but I mean, the, the day itself. Yeah. I like to go to, I like to sometimes go to a festival or whatever, get some, something that's been, you know, put in dough and fried and then, you know, watch things go boom in the sky. Hell yeah, man. No better time than go to the Leroy Fest yeah, I downtown. Guess, I guess I take it back. That is America. Damn right. You go down you go down to the to the Bubba Fest downtown where you can what count the, the hell teeth on one hand. It's the Bubba Fest. It's where you can count the teeth that you see on one hand. <laughs> that's so, the Bubba. I was gonna say that's not like the whitest thing ever, but you just confirmed it. Thank you. Have you have you been to like a Fourth of July fest or like a county, no, county I'm not fair that or something like that? Yeah, well, I was going to say that there you go. When you go there, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's the same across the country. Uh, but, yeah, you get you get some like middle aged cover band up on stage playing. And yeah, that that's the epitome of America. And then, of course, we end the day. Uh, we, we end the day, like I said, by by playing really loud music and watching things go boom in the sky. I mean, America. Anyway, good Lord. But this is the Great American Bash 97. For the news here, uh, uh, I had heard about these in the past, and I, I'm glad that we're here in the timeline to talk about this. Two backstage fights broke out on Monday night, one in the WWF and one in WCW. First in the WWF. Oh, I think I know the WWE one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart got into a backstage brawl that led to both men being pulled from that night's Raw less than an hour before the show went on the air. Both men were scheduled to play a big role in the show. Hart and Michaels have had a long ongoing feud based in professional jealousy with both men vying to be the top star of the company. And then this, uh, I want to hear, I want to hear what you have to say about this. So I recently said, heard a, uh, Cornette, okay. <laughs> I recently heard a Cornette podcast on, uh, maybe not recently, but like it was, no, it's kind of, yeah. And he had said that, um, he was sitting in the office and then, um, Michaels comes in and has like a handful of his hair and throws it down. Says this is an unsafe working environment. But my favorite yeah. part, though, is I guess he said that Lawler was taking a crap. <laughs> he was sitting down with his all came out. And he ran yep. Pants down. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I actually, oh, I, I had heard those same podcasts. That's my favorite I, part. Oh, I heard that, that same podcast, and I think uh, Bruce Pritchard backed up a lot of that stuff too. And uh, Cornette. According to Cornette, <laughs> he picked up the hair and put it in a bag because yeah, his, wife, right. his his ex-wife uh, was a big Shawn Michaels fan. I'm like, dude, that's gross, man. And he said, didn't she think it was like a, a dead rat or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, those stories anyway. I don't have a problem believing. It just like makes that up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when you're willing to admit you're that freaking weird. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. Uh, but Uncle Dave says this is ironic, the whole vying for the top star in the company thing. 
uh, since both Steve Austin and The Undertaker have pretty much become bigger stars than both Hart and Sean in the recent weeks. Do you agree with that statement? I mean, Austin's getting there. Undertaker's a champion at the time, so I agree with that part, but Austin, not so yeah. much, not yet. I mean, he's this getting post WrestleMania. Yeah, this is post WrestleMania 13, where he switched babyface. Uh, so this is, yeah. I mean, he's building up for it. I don't know yet if if you can. Well, the Undertaker's not away because number one, it's Undertaker, and two, he's a champion. So yeah, yeah. Well, he's a bigger star. I mean, what the hell are you gonna? You must yeah. have been uh, had nothing else to report that day. <laughs> well, however, and, and today, you, and today, I hear all the the Catholics in the world praise the Pope for some reason. That's my news. Wow. I know, right? Uh, Shocking. <laughs> however, the feud escalated a few weeks ago when Sean believed Hart intentionally went long in his promo in order to make Sean look stupid before Raw went off the air. Bruce Pritchard confirmed that uh, Hart did go sorry, very long. Was this, was this the one where he's in the, in the wheelchair? It is, yeah. I remember Raw going off the air when I was a kid watching this. And he's and still nothing talking. Happened. Yeah, and then next week they show him uh, Sean super kicking him and then running. Yeah, that was huh. supposed to be the the end because apparently he was uh, supposed to hit a. Uh, Pritchard says he he had a certain cue that he was supposed to hit, and when he said a certain thing, that's when Sean knew to super kick him, and it didn't. Had, and Sean kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and it never came. So eventually, well, what would there be a cue it. for? Because he literally stands up and gets kicked. Like, what would isn't yeah. the cue just standing up? It might have <laughs> been. Yeah, I don't know, but. <laughs> Either way, he didn't super uh, Bruce, kick that in the chair. He kicked him back into the chair. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Well, Bruce Pritchard did confirm on his podcast that Hart did go very long at the end, of, and they had to cut him off. Uh, he said, purpose? "Yeah, he said he's like, I don't know if Brett did it on purpose. It, he's like, it, it wouldn't shock me that if he did do it on purpose. But he said we weren't happy with him, and Sean was fired up, pissed. So." Either way, Sean retaliated the next week with the sunny days comment, which naturally caused Hart a lot of personal trouble at home, as you would expect. People don't know <laughs> he was insin. He said something in a promo about uh, Bret Hart so having had a lot of, of sunny days. days. <laughs> yeah. And apparently the insinuation was that he was sleeping with Sonny, even though in real life, Sean Michaels was sleeping with Sonny. And, uh, I, I guess it came from the fact that Sean thought Sonny was it, it's funny because he was the other guy that Sonny was sleeping with. And then Sean thought there was an other other guy with Brett. <laughs> like, good Lord. Uh, but Bruce said that well, came next from week on the fact that, Yeah, right. Bruce Pritchard says that that all came from the fact that uh, Sonny had a was the only person that had like a private changing room and Brett sometimes like to he was kind of a loner so he would sometimes use her her uh changing room when she wasn't there so sean just thought oh well they're sleeping together <sighs> very high school crap but either way but he said yeah uh but brett had uh made it clear that he was going to attack sean when he got the chance although most people didn't believe it since brett has uh such a reputation of being a professional uh, because he's and because Clearly. he's uh, yeah, because he's still got a hurt knee. So getting into a real fight wouldn't be wise. Prior to Raw this week, both Sean and Brett had long meetings with Vince McMahon. At some point before the show, Hart went into Sean's dressing room and yelled at Sean about how his sunny days comment had affected his personal life. The argument then got physical, but was broken up quickly. 
but it seems that Sean came out the worst for wear. A few punches were thrown, and a, <laughs> here you go, and a large clump of Sean's hair was pulled out, to the point where he was apparently given a major bald spot, and Michael's face was puffed up from the punches. Oh, good Lord. Uh, and here's where, according to Jim Cornette and Bruce Pritchard, Sean stormed into Vince's office, threw his hair on the floor, and said this was an unsafe working environment. <laughs> also, Hart also apparently aggravated his knee injury during the scuffle. Uh, Brett was on top of Michaels, punching him when Jerry Briscoe and Pat Patterson and a few other wrestlers broke up the fight. Soon after, Hart and Briscoe were loudly arguing in another room for quite a while until Hart left the arena at about 8.30 without ever appearing on Raw. Supposedly, they got into a fight in the bathroom while Jerry Lawler was taking a crap in the stall as well. Good Lord, man. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're just sitting there reading the paper, doing your thing, and then all of a sudden two dudes start beating the piss out of each other. Put your feet up. Don't let no one know you're in there. And you're a witness, and it's all a bunch of crap. <laughs> right. Hey, I man. I see a damn thing, dude. Hey, if, if there's one place where it's acceptable to have the crap scared out of you, it's probably there. <laughs> Sean was scheduled to face Brian Pillman in the main event, replacing Steve Austin, who legit injured his knee the night before. <laughs> Go figure. However, Michaels was going crazy after the fight backstage, saying that he wouldn't work with anyone in the Hart Foundation group because he couldn't trust them. He eventually stormed out of the arena just before the show went on air. As he was leaving, he was loudly telling people that he was quitting, uh, or that he was quitting and said that if he could make it to Boston in time, where Nitro was being held, uh, he would just go there. At this point, they had to scrap the entire script for the show and put on a new show altogether just minutes before they went on air. Mankind yeah. ended up... Say what? Do you have a date for this? I kind of want to watch this back. Uh, n this is the week before Great American Bash. So, uh, I don't know, six days, six days prior to June 15th. So, yeah, uh, nice. the ninth, June 9th, 1997. Assuming that that was the live show and not a taped one. Oh. Because here it says, Mankind ended up filling in to work the match with Pillman, but he's not fully over as a babyface yet, and Pillman is still working in tremendous pain and is limited, so the match fell flat. Plus, they had spent a That's week... not why it fell flat. <laughs> well, plus they had spent a week hyping Austin versus Pillman, so the crowd was very upset at not getting that. <clears throat> Card subject to change. Still sucks when they... When I'm not saying this suck. I'm simply saying star. they... I'm simply saying they cover their ass with that little thing on the bottom of the ticket. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but... <laughs> doesn't stop them from uh, <laughs> the, the crowd being like, F this. So that's, that's real, probably what the... Probably yeah, real what the quick. Main of, yeah. Let me run down this card. Ahmed Johnson, the LED against the Nation Domination. That was Crush, Savio, and Farouk. British Bulldog oh, yeah. versus Goldust. That went to a countout. Uh, Headbangers versus Philip LaFon and Doug Furness. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Main event anywhere in the world, oh, man. Look at this one. This must be that famous one. I even know this is part of the show. RVD versus Flash Funk. That must be the one where yeah, he's with Jerry Lawler. So that must be the one where he appeared on there just that one oh, night. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. This is a popular show. Yeah. So that's like, actually like getting ahead to one of the news stories. <laughs> Sid versus Owen Hart. Rockabilly versus Bart Gunn. Wow. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> and then Mankind. And Brian Pillman in the a DQ. Um Dark match was Samrock said Undertaker against Nightheart, Owen, and Bulldog. Good lord. That was probably fun for the crowd. <laughs> yeah, not a, doesn't sound like a bad show. Uh, but speaking, keeping with uh, Raw here, on Raw, Vince McMahon acknowledged the incident, saying that 
both Hart and Sean had been sent home for unprofessional conduct to explain why they weren't on the show. Uh, Jim Ross acknowledged the fight on the WWF hotline and emphasized that it wasn't an angle. I always love when they stress that because it's like they've used that when it's really not an angle and they've used it when it's an angle they're really trying to get over. <laughs> so it's like, nah, I, I'm just going to you do When a day have you do that? I feel like every company does that. I can't think of any time WWE did that. It wasn't legit. Do you have an example? The, uh, the Shawn, I don't know if they said the words, but the Shawn Michaels concussion where they had everybody hit the ring and they stopped commentary and they acted like well, they really hurt. They didn't say it wasn't part of it. It just happened. Yeah. But the only time I can remember them saying it on air, besides Sasha and Naomi, was when Jerry Lawyer's heart attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sucked. Uh, but I just, I, I'm so skeptical. I, 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 I to look back I, if they said it any other time. Because I'm curious. I just assume everything's a work. And, uh, you know, so it's like, if it is real, whatever. I don't care. I'm just going to watch it like it's a show. Like, yeah, like the MGF stuff. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, I'm going to assume because they didn't cut his mic right away that it was a work, but it might be real. I, I'm, I'm not saying that everything he said wasn't real. Was definitely real. Uh, I think he's leaving, though, but I uh, well, you know, Uncle Dave said, can't argue with it. <laughs> he's like, well, you know, Uncle Dave doesn't like it because he said it, you know, and well, that's just reusing the the tired cornet talking points. Like, um, I mean, yeah, in, in a sense, but then. What about it was false, you know? Right. I mean, he does pay WWE guys more than he pays his homegrown talents, you know? It's like, I don't know. Something you just can't. It's hard to decipher. But yep. it makes it fun. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, tr- like, I'm not scouring the internet going like, oh, is this real? Is it? Because I, I, I don't know if I'll enjoy it if it's not, like, it's, an, it's a show. I'm going to watch it all the same if, if it's real or not real. Like, it, it doesn't freaking matter to me. It was a cool I'm sure moment. one of those zombies on Walking Dead shoot bit somebody, okay? So I'm, I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I have something. If we have time, there's something regarding wrestling and realism. I, I, I got to tell you, you'll get it. You'll roll your eyes about it. But anyway, uh, the next day, McMahon sent out an internal memo to executives saying, quote, last night in Hartford, Shawn Michaels breached his contract by refusing to perform. We are hopeful Shawn will reconsider his position and return to work. Shawn has four years to go on his five-year contract. The door is open for Shawn to return under the terms of his contract, end quote. If Shawn doesn't come back, he will likely be suspended without pay. Yeah, you can't just walk out on a, you're like, I'm only one year into this five-year contract, but F it. I'm going to the other guys. Like, WCW wouldn't have touched him with a 10-foot pole. Not that they didn't want Sean, but how the hell? Oh, who knows? I don't, I don't know if they wanted him, but you know, Hall and Nash did. <laughs> They've said <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It, and I, I guarantee if Sean was free and he came to Bischoff, Bischoff would have snatched him up in a heartbeat. But there's no way Turner Legal would have even let Bischoff have a conversation with Sean about anything, let alone coming well, to WCW. Yeah, right. I mean, that's also, why. Uh, since he was Shawn Michaels in AWA, can I assume he would have kept his name? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's I, even if he had to spell it different or whatever. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure uh, he lame ass trademark. With e and the A, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, like he like he's an uh, Irish or something. <sighs> Last story about the Shawn situation here. Uh, Shawn Michaels is in or and his father uh, had a meeting with Vince McMahon several weeks ago, which doesn't sound like it's real, but here Can we you are. Say that again. Shawn <laughs> Michaels and his father had a meeting with Vince McMahon. That's the one, ago. you know. 
Not like yeah, right. and his mom or maybe even Dustin and his dad. No, Sean and his dad. <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't know what his father did for a living. Uh, maybe he was a lawyer. I, I don't know. But it's like, how hell would you're like, I got to get daddy to back me up. Like, OK, well, it must have been something. I, I hope because otherwise it's like, why is your dad there just for moral support while you speak to your boss? Effing <laughs> weird, man. Uh, Michaels also claims that. Uh, or, I'm sorry, I forgot that he 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 was with his father to speak to Vince uh, and Sean asked to be released from his contract. But McMahon refused. Michaels also claims that he had a verbal agreement with McMahon that he would be a the highest paid wrestler in the company. But then Brett signed a far more lucrative 20-year deal with the WWF, which upset Sean. Well, Sean, that 20-year deal ain't going to work out, buddy. You give a couple uh, of he, months. Uh, Got to get that favorite nations thing, man. Yeah, right. Uh, See, he's people also want, very, you can tell all you want about Nashman, but the guy's brilliant, okay? At the end of the day, he's brilliant. Oh, yeah. People talk about sting money, but, I mean, he was making Nash starters all. Yep. Uh, Bischoff still refutes some of that, but it's like, I don't, I don't know how much, I don't know how much of that I believe. Some of that might be, you know, trying to make himself well, sound better. Well, if you listen to Nash interviews, he's flat out says, when so-and-so got signed, we got a pay bump. Who lies about yeah. getting a pay bump? Wouldn't he be, like, bitching about it? Oh, they signed this person and, you know, they're getting more than me. Wouldn't he be complaining about that? Who flat out says, hey, I was happy, we got a pay bump. Yeah, it's, right. It's hard to argue with a person when they're happy about something, you know? And it sounds like... <laughs> Sounds like Sting had something similar, maybe not the favorite nations thing, but seemed like they always compensated Sting very well because I mean that that became a well enough to stay there. He never jumped or never left. So yeah, and that became a phrase in wrestling after a while, quote unquote Sting money. So apparently that meant something. <laughs> even oh, yeah. even Nash used that. He was like, "We want Sting money." It's like oh, okay, Sting was the guy. Oh, one of the guys depends on they... the year, either him or Flair, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, and Flair was always in and out of favor with the top brass. So, but either way, uh, Sean's also upset because he claims that McMahon once told him that if he was ever unhappy in the WWF, he would let Sean leave. But now Sean is unhappy, and Vince won't let him leave. Yeah, you'll get over it, Sean. You always do. Get over it. You'll break your back. You'll come back and have another prime run. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's crazy uh, to think about. He, he, he just lost his smile again. <sighs> whatever that's i still can't believe like nash said that and it's like <sighs> i don't believe that everybody <laughs> else everybody else that was actually there in the company said oh no he was he was effed up so it's like uh, you know yeah nash is like his bff whatever but it's like he was in another company at the time probably not communicating with him constantly oh so i get a cell phone or anything back then just pull out and talk to somebody yeah right I'm not saying it was impossible to talk to him. It just wasn't readily available at any given moment in your pocket. Exactly, yeah. Well, WWF also, who cares? Of, they're all millionaires. They're fine. Yeah, I think, I think they're doing okay. WWF King of the Ring is in the books and featured an interesting little bit of irony. Last year, Hunter Hearst Helmsley was booked to win the King of the Ring tournament, but due to the curtain call incident, Helmsley was punished by not even being put on the pay-per-view and spent the next few months as a glorified jobber. This year, Helmsley was eliminated from the tournament in a prelim match a few weeks ago on Raw, but due to Vader's injury, they booked an angle and put Helmsley back in the tournament, and then he ended up making the the uh, or they ended up making the decision to have Helmsley win the whole damn thing against mankind. 
Yeah. And then that he hated really that match. damn crown. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. We do that show. I, uh, no, not that King of the Ring, no. Huh. But I remember Bruce Pritchard talking about. It. He's like he freaking hated that damn crown, and he let us know it because like he smashed it every damn time it was on the screen. It's a crown. Yeah. What, what self-respecting man wouldn't want to wear a crown? Yeah. Well, he couldn't have China uh, dress up like a queen. No, that would have been the thing right there, man. Oh, that would have yeah. been the clincher. <laughs> that would have been something. Uh, the Patriot has signed a multi-year deal with the WWF and is expected to debut soon. He will still, er, but he still got a monster push on the latest All Japan tour. Uh, the Patriot also suffered a torn tricep on the tour. He ended up working through it for a few months in the WWF, but aggravated again, aggravated it again later in the year. And it ends up causing him to retire in 1998. Yeah. I remember this. I was, I loved him. He was terrible. Yeah. Sucks. He recently man. passed away. Didn't he? I think so. Cause I, I think there was did, a story yeah. that he died and he didn't. And then he really did die. I don't know. Either way, uh, Steve Austin's neck injury has been diagnosed as severe erosion of the vertebrae. He got a second opinion from a doctor who told him that he could continue to wrestle and won't need surgery, but he's probably going to be in a lot of pain. This is before SummerSlam. Yeah. Good yeah, Lord. He, yep. He had spine issues before that, and then Owen just kind of compacted them. <sighs> that sucks, man. But uh, any plans for WWF doing an exploding ring match with Atsushi Onita have been scrapped and never really existed Good. to begin with. <laughs> it was discussed, but never got past that. <laughs> you don't effing say. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold, hold the phone. You mean to tell me Atsushi Onita went to Vince McMahon, suggested they have a, an exploding ring barbed wire death match on pay-per-view for the WWF, and Vince didn't just jump at that idea? Mm-hmm. Get in, pal. You're gonna do it. Okay. He what kind of what kind of booker is that, man? Freaking idiot. Left money on the table. He probably couldn't afford sparklers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Something tells me WWF in 1997 could have had a bigger boom than the than AEW in 2021. I, I guarantee it, but at what cost? And I don't mean financial. Well, I guess it's kind of financial, but uh. I just, I don't know. I still go back to that and like, how? Not that that could have gone well, in my opinion, but good Lord, that sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And as much, Uh, and I know you hate death matches of all shapes and sorts. uh, I I didn't completely hate the match until that finish. I didn't think it was like the greatest thing ever. And I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. But I didn't think it was horrible. And then that finish, and I'm like, well, this sucked. Oh, that happened. Yeah. It's like, uh, so are we all just going to sit around and pretend that didn't happen? Because I saw it. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's the problem. <laughs> I saw them sparklers come out of the corner. Like, uh, you didn't see nothing, okay? I'm sorry about the cover-up, too. But, oh, well, Eddie passed out because he had PTSD. Shut up, and his dude. heart gave out on him. Shut up. Yeah, and then they had him wrestling, you know, right after that, because... Yeah, you always go wrestle after your heart goes out on you. Yeah, right. Hey, you know what? 
they had to come up with something. I guess it was the I would have just been like, hey, I thought it was going to explode. It didn't. I just stayed down. And then I realized it didn't. Got a boom. I would have bought that. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's like, then why were you dead weight and you just like laid there passed out? Oh, man, <laughs> like, I guess they didn't pile it on. Yeah. If he wouldn't have done that part, if he would have just got up and been like, well, didn't happen. So uh, you know, I, I'm up now. Then I, you know, then it could have been like, all right, but they kind of backed themselves into a corner with that one. Uh, Vader's court date for the Kuwaiti incident, or excuse me, Kuwait incident, uh, is this week, but he doesn't have to go. His lawyer will be able to go and plead his case for him. Oh, well, (laughs) sending his his, uh, lawyer into the belly of the beast, huh? (laughs) Hey, so they're paid for, right? Yeah, it's like, hey, I pay you enough. You'll be okay. <laughs> report back. Um, please report back. Please don't die. Yeah, right. WWF has signed a few new guys who are training with WWF trainers. One of them is a former pro football player named Darren Drozdov, and they'll likely send him to USWA for a few months. You know, where he'll go puke on their TV. Yeah, if you only tell the man to go back and get the hell out before something bad happens. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I know. It's like you ever see those memes where it's like women with a with a time machine and then men with a time machine. It's always something stupid. Yep. It's like <laughs> men with uh, a time machine. I mean, this isn't stupid. I mean, this is like, you know, changing a guy's life. But I would seriously go back. and It's like, uh, yeah, maybe stick with football. You know, I, I've seen one of those ones and uh, one of our listeners will get this and probably hate the idea. But it's like if I had a time machine, I would go back and tell uh, the Seahawks to run the damn ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you remember? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I. I you're talking about against the Patriots, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Why uh, don't you just run the damn ball? The one that I saw was uh, Men with a Time Machine, and it was like Brett versus Goldberg, and he was like Brett Duck. <laughs> like, oh, that's messed up. Damn. It is, but <sighs> man, I mean, it's true. Uh, getting into the WCW side of things here, WCW's fight took place after Nitro went off the air following the main event of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash versus uh, Roddy Piper and Ric Flair, which was arguably one of the oh. worst matches of the year. Okay, now I'm going to decipher who it was. I was trying to figure out who the hell it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Piper reportedly didn't go along with what they had planned, and in turn, Nash stopped selling for him. Which sounds childish but whatever uh piper looked horrible in the match and he also called for the finish six minutes earlier than planned which meant that the post-match brawl to end the show lasted literally forever Uh, after the show kevin nash went into roddy piper's dressing room and blamed him for their match being so terrible he banged hard on the door and when piper opened they argued for a second and then matt nash pie faced him and shoved him back into the wall in turn piper tried to kick nash in his bad knee before Ric Flair and Piper's bodyguard, yes, he had a bodyguard, separated them. Then Nash and the bodyguard almost went at it, but the bodyguard, who is much smaller, backed down. Most of the heat had fallen on Piper for not going along with the agreed plan in the match and for calling for the finish so early. WCW is hoping that the four men can be professional enough, professional enough for just one more, uh, for just another week until the next pay-per-view, and after that, They'll be booking them in separate directions and keeping everyone apart. Okay. Sounds like a bunch of child crap. Yep. 
I heard Nash talking about this too in an interview where he's like, so we had agreed that like, you know, we were going to start slow and whatever. We were like, you know, don't jump start it. And he's like, and then, you know, the bell rings. The next thing I know, we're being, me and Scott are being like ambushed and <laughs> like, he like mocked Piper. He was like, comes at me with those little rat-a-tat-tat, you know, freaking uh, punches he does. And I'm like, dude, knock it off. <sighs> I, the, the calling for the, the finish that early though, that had to suck. Cause yeah, I think you and I had talked about this where it was like, that just seemed like a WCW staple where it's like nitro had to end with a giant brawl that lasted forever. Yeah, it was uh, always an afterbirth of a match that never <laughs> had an ending. Yep. So, to your best recollection, do they keep these guys separated after this? I think so. Yeah, I don't recall yeah. them having anything the four of them. Seven, he's going to go face Hogan at Age in the Cage, right? <laughs> at Halloween Havoc. Yeah. yeah. Nash is going to be feuding with the, the Horsemen for the most part in war games. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah. Uh, well, on positive news, WCW Nitro this week broke all company attendance records. The show was sold out with over 18,000 people. It also broke the company gate record with over $240,000. They also had oh. a show they also had a show the night before in Buffalo that drew over 13,000. Okay, hold on. Just pause for a second. What Okay. What Nitro is this? Uh, this would have been the Nitro the same night as that Raw, so June 9th. I want to see the card for this. What the hell is on this card? It's like, oh, 18,000 people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where they were. I'll tell you right now. I got it up here. Fleet Center in Boston. Oh, because you said Boston. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Moving to Super Kilo, Ultimo Dragon against Leparkas, Sikosin, Silver King. Typical (laughs) six-man opener. This sounds like a pay-per-view almost. I mean that. Alex Wright yeah, right. and Chris Jericho. Well, there you go. There's the reason right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Asses and seats, bro. Uh, Kira Hokuto versus uh, Malia Husaka. Oh, here okay. we go. Okay, uh, here we go right here. Steve, uh, Conan versus Steve McMichael, dude. Oh, yes. <laughs> I used the asses and seats line a little too early. <laughs> In the middle of the card, by the way, Lex Luger defeats Hollywood Hulk Hogan, non-title match. Um, oh, well, yeah. Why would you make that your marquee match? <laughs> looks like Jeff Jarrett beats Dean Malenko for the U.S. title. And yeah, Flair and Piper bad. beat the Outsiders by DQ. I mean, it was a horrible show, but like, wow, okay. Yeah, maybe. Going off of this, there's no dark match, but. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, apparently, the week before in Buffalo did really good, too. Uh, including merch sales, it was the biggest money-making weekend in WCW history. They have another show in Chicago next week that may break those records and another show in August that has a good chance of doing it also. Oh, I'm sorry, the night before in Buffalo. Oh, okay. So maybe that was a house show. Here's what you referenced earlier. Also on Nitro, Lex Luger beat Hollywood Hogan with a torture rack, which is Hogan's first submission job since 1981 in a match with Antonio Inoki in Japan. Oh, hot damn. We have a show coming up. Uh, in August, I believe. Well, or maybe it's, it's July or August. We're going to cover it. Either way, uh, where he does tap out again. It is July. Yeah, it's a July bonus show. Which? Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That was that's you're, you're correct with August. that. Is correct. It is <laughs> August. Ju- July is also a nitro that we're covering, but it's from a year after the August bonus show that we're going to be talking about. So, either way, 
Uh, WCW is trying to negotiate a deal with EMLL for two reasons. For one, Sorry, they don't real want... quick, what is that? I'm just curious. Uh, it's now, it's now Context is king. Oh, okay. Context so, uh, is king, pal. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so for all of you, the, the two big companies in Mexico are CMLL, formerly EMLL, and uh, AAA. Uh, either way. Got a uh, side story one, on that in a second. Okay. But they don't want the WWF to have access to any of the Mexican wrestlers. WCW already has a deal with Conan's Promo Azteca company, and if they can lock up a deal with EMLL, it would only leave AAA. Also, everyone in the wrestling business believes that AAA is too much of a uh, disorganized mess for anyone to really have uh, any kind of working relationship with. That's why the WWF has already severed old deal or their old deal with AAA. Sadly, WCW wants a deal with EMLL because they want to take away some of Conan's political power. Right now, Conan is the only outlet WCW has for Mexican wrestlers, and he ha- he can change things at any time. If WCW can get access to the Mexicans from both promotions, Conan won't have as much leverage over WCW anymore. <laughs> that sounds so fake. He has got all the leverage <laughs> in the world, man. K-Dog. <laughs> I get. I guess that is true, though. He's like Conan oh, himself talking about it. But, it's just. It just yeah. sounds funny to me. I know. Really, yeah, him? Like, yeah, it's like of all the guys, Conan. <laughs> um, I, I I don't read the dirt. Okay, I just hate it. But like, I saw Andrade, and this was in real time, by the way, or like current day. Uh, he said something about he can't be at Forbidden Door because of where he's at. Is that AAA or CMLL, whichever one he's at? Uh, he I might think it's AAA now. And he apparently they CMLL. won't let him compete against uh, oh in that pay-per-view. And he was pretty pissed about it. Apparently the Lucha uh, Lucha Dragons, they can't either for the same reason, so it's a bunch of crap. Oh, the so uh, Lucha, Lucha Brothers? It's a brother, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Close enough, um, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, that would be guess they can't comp- I guess they can't compete because of that? And they're all pretty pissed, especially Andrade? Yeah, so I had heard people were talking about that. They were like, if well, I saw Japan... him it, so that's why I believe it. Like, yeah, okay, his... so he... okay, I believe that. I just looked it up. He is in AAA. He used to be in CMLL before. Oh, going, he was uh... the top dog. Yeah, so and... that's I guess the thing is because CMLL works with New Japan. So that's like AAA is like, well, if you're working with CMLL, we're not going to work with you. Okay, I guess that makes sense. But now he's pretty pissed about it. He can't compete there. Yeah, I, <sighs> like, I get it. I'm going to shot at them. I, I could take shots at AW all day. But what says he was going to be on that card anyways? Like, he hasn't done anything on TV. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying he wasn't going to be. I mean, he could have been. But, like, right. all upset, like, what says you were going to be on it? <laughs> um, yeah. They paired him with like, Roosh, and we haven't seen him since, I believe, since he debuted. So I'm like, yeah. okay, what happened to that? Yeah, has Roosh even been on TV? I haven't. Seen I have him. not seen him since he came in that door. I had no, I had no clue who the hell he was until you told me. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, again, I, don't really, I haven't watched Ring of Honor in years, so I didn't know he was a. Like, apparently, he's a huge thing there. So. Yeah, he was ROH champion for a little while. I had completely forgotten, by the way, that he was in Ring of Honor because he the la- last time he won the title was a, a while ago, so I didn't think about it. Uh, but now I was like, oh, yeah, so he can finally team with Andrade again because they were uh, they were a big thing in uh, CMLL. They were part of uh, Los Ingobernobles together, so they, they were founding members. So, 
Like, I don't know what the hell they're going to call themselves now, but, you know, whatever. Does anyone have that trademark? Uh, you never know. No, that, that belongs to CMLL and, well, New J- yeah, because New Japan has Los Ingobernables de Hopan, but that's Naito and all of them. I, I don't freaking know. The trademarks are weird. <laughs> I just I love how you, the white guy, knows all the Spanish stuff more than me, the part Mexican. That makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, you speak a lot of uh, gibberish to me, but I mean, I'm just going to go with it because it sounds legit. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, uh, we got to we got to mention something from this guy on every podcast. So not the first name I'm going to mention, but I'm getting to it. Barbarian threw a little bit of a fit. Oh, last hell yeah. week. <laughs> he threw a fit last week about doing a submission job to Chris Benoit. However, this is a guy we got to mention on every show. Uh, Terry Taylor insisted on it because they're trying to get tapping out over as a thing for the fans. <laughs> I, I'll never forget Bruce Pritchard talking about when he re-debuted in the WWF as just Terry Taylor, and he grabs a mic and he says, I'm back, and somebody in the crowd just goes, <laughs> It didn't help, by the way. He used the Red Rooster's theme, just minus the rooster noises. Yeah, no, one ever really, no one realizes that, I don't think. That was the same theme. <laughs> I'd have to go back and look because I don't remember his run as just Terry Taylor, so I'd have to no. go back and watch. I think he was it's... terrific, Terry Taylor, and he was in a Royal Rumble, I believe, or '93. I want to say, God, yeah. And you and I talked about it's like he was a damn good wrestler, pretty good on the mic. He had a. Uh, I liked him as a commentator. I thought he was pretty good on when I heard him on Sunday Night Heat. I mean, he didn't, like yeah. blow me away, but you know, right? Uh, I guess it just you know he had a tendency to be kind of a Richard. Well, like still in WWE, he's in NXT, I think now. So he's well, at least hey, valuable. He's known how to kiss the proper amount of ass nowadays. And I think I've said this on a prior episode. Ain't a damn thing wrong with that. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you can make hey, some whatever. money by kissing some ass, dude. Well, yeah, as long as get on your knees, you know, both lips, both cheeks. More, more, more. Right. Anyone ever seen? Anyone ever seen Dumb and Dumber? But anyway, <laughs> good lord. <laughs> As long as you're not compromising all your principles and you're making a good living and right? you know, you're employed, whatever. Kill no yes. one, raping no one or anything like that. You know, just yeah, right. Name me the name me the person's never kissed ass to get ahead. Come on. Oh, yeah, right. And if you haven't it's... and you and you've gotten ahead, then you're one of the fortunate few. <laughs> uh, Ted DiBiase has been telling people he will be returning to, to WCW soon as a babyface announcer. He's been out for a few months now, traveling the world, doing religious work. Uh, he will be back. He will be a manager. He will not be announcing. Yeah, didn't he manage the Steiners when he comes back? He did. I think the, I'm pretty sure the episode that we're going to review, the 100th episode, is when he debuts as their manager. I'm pretty sure that's the one. So, yeah. so this is a good companion piece. Stay tuned. <laughs> right. He, uh, yeah, and another thing about Sorry, the story, yeah, by the way. If anyone heard that, I don't know what the hell I said to activate Bixby, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had no idea uh, during this time that this was when he became a Christian. So I thought it was later after all of this, but kind of funny, by the way. It's answered. It's, go ahead. I want to see if you're going to say what I'm about to say. What? He started dyeing his hair black and wearing like all dark suits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's kind of funny. He turned into a Christian and then had to leave the NWO. Like, is that a thing? Yeah, we have that. Yeah, right. Like, well, I, I, I can't be seen in this group anymore. I think they kind of play for the other side. I, I can't. 
Turner Broadcasting has told WCW that they can't use any more words like damn or ass. <laughs> oh, damn it. Stupid ass. Okay, this also reminds me of something, too. The night um, the night uh, Hogan faces Goldberg and loses his title to him, yeah. Hogan comes out of the thing and he says, oh, I'm going to kick Goldberg's butt. But, wow, that sounded yeah. so lame. Now I get it. Okay. Yeah, I, I always... Yeah. Like, I remember that because I was like, it was like he really wanted to say ass, but he, yeah. like, you could tell he stopped himself and he thought about Clearly, it. Clearly, because he, yeah, he took a pause. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, was he doing that? Like, because he was cleaning himself up or like, was, I don't know. Now we know. I don't know why that stuck out in my head, but it was always so lame. You know, I was a kid. I'm like, why didn't he just say ass? Yeah. Well, the fact that he paused and thought about it maybe was right. what stuck out to me. I was like, <laughs> did he mean to do that? I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's funny all these years later on a Turner station, they're saying everything, but the F word and the C word on TV. Well, MJF did use the F word and got through. So who did MJF? Really? Did, did you see the promo with him? I did. I couldn't uh, well, actually, it out. You didn't watch it live. They might've bleeped it out. They, it was not bleeped out on the live version, at least oh, over okay. here. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah. that, cause that last, yeah, he clearly um, said the F word. Thanks. That last thing. When he starts going on the tirade, they just like bleeped it out completely, and all you hear is beep for like two minutes. Yeah, so that so. didn't happen here. Yeah, there was like there was a couple of beeps, not a long one. Wow. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> anyway, uh, getting into the ECW stuff earlier, uh, this is kind of stuff we were talking about, uh, but this kind of dovetails off of that. Uh, in possibly the biggest angle in ECW history. Jerry the King Lawler debuted at the ECW Arena to thunderous heel heat, getting one of the loudest responses in company history. The angle started the morning or that morning on USWA TV, where they announced Tommy Dreamer would be coming in to face Lawler next week. They aired a taped interview where Dreamer basically cut a shoot promo talking about the sad state of USWA these days. Then that night at the ECW Arena, the lights went out. When they came back on, Lawler the was lights in the go ring. Out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, we're talking about that. Uh, it's, a, it's a major wrestling pod thing. If anyone doesn't get it, but let's go on. <laughs> nice. Uh, but Lawler was in the ring and helped draw Van Dam and Sabu destroy Tommy Dreamer and several other ECW faces, including Paul Heyman. Uh, Lawler is scheduled to face Dreamer at ECW's August pay per view, which is that Heat Wave? I forget. Yeah. Okay. Uh, WWF is Just involved in the angle as well. I mean, I always thought that was kind of clever, actually. I'll give him that. Yeah. Uh, two nights later, Heyman and Dreamer appeared on Raw to a huge crowd response. Van Dam also worked a match on the show, and eventually Heyman and Dreamer got into a brawl with Van Dam and Lawler. The plan for this angle is likely for it to culminate in a match at SummerSlam with RVD and Lawler taking on Dreamer and Sandman, but that might change. I like how he's oh, he baking that, that as a cake. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you like, know, well, we keep that man a crap. Man, he's he's kind of smart. He built in his plans will change in there. I like that. You got to respect he's, that. He's covering <laughs> his own ass right off the bat, man. Look, pl- hashtag plans might change. If the match doesn't happen at SummerSlam, it may happen at the next In Your House pay-per-view in September. Uh, well, hashtag plans change on that, too. On TV, okay, let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> right, yeah, I think they saved that for ECW. Uh, they should I, have. Why would they want to pop their own by? Yeah, right. <laughs> Good lord. 
I did laugh a little bit, or all right, it's not that I laughed. I, I was thinking about, um, I always get it confused because Lawler showed up a couple of times and the lights dropped. This was not the time I was thinking of where the lights dropped, came on, and it was Lawler and uh, Cornette was with him. And Cornette, uh, Cornette like whacked, like Tommy Dreamer was down on the ground selling, but I guess he wasn't selling. And Cornette whacked him with a racket and he didn't sell it. And he's like, oh, you're hurt. And uh, apparently Lawler, Singapore caned Tommy Dreamer right in the nads and uh, legitimately hurt him. The point of where he had I to go to the hospital. he said all drained. testosterone drained out. Holy crap, dude. Yeah, I've never dude, heard I'm of somebody clenching my legs right now thinking about that. Yeah, I've uh, never heard of somebody having to go to the hospital to have their nuts drained and not in a positive way either. <laughs> if you told me this, like, hey, guess what wrestler had to go to the hospital with their nuts drained? I would probably say that idiot Nick Gage. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Sabu and Rob Van Dam have both quit All Japan Pro Wrestling. Sabu's reason for quitting was because he was upset at being booked as a lower card guy. How dare they? Who was only there to put over people? He appear. He finally. Is that he's always good for? Basically, uh, I'm gonna get final- some crap from Sabu fans. Good lord! He finally abruptly quit after being told to put over Giant Kimala the second in a match. No clue who that is. Van Dam had considered quitting for a while anyway for some reasons, so he just chose to leave with Sabu. Okay, there you go. <laughs> whatever. Uh, Perry Saturn's knee injury is far worse than originally thought. Not only did he tear his ACL and meniscus, but he also broke the kneecap and tibia. My God. That's your whole, that's your whole damn leg. Nah, he might have some problems uh, behind the cap. Yeah. Uh, he's scheduled to undergo major surgery this week. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah. Expect- well, they said major because I would have been trying to figure out if it was just that or a procedure. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 He'll, you know, it's just, uh, what do they call it when you're at, you know, you get to go home the same day as a surgery, outpatient, outpatient, outpatient. procedure. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's expected to be out of action for a year. Although Paul Heyman thinks that he'll be back way sooner. <laughs> Quite the optimist, huh? Oh, he'll be back very soon. Yeah. Just, just he won't be back in ECW. <laughs> right. Regardless, me, uh, Saturn has continued to, uh, work matches, although doing limited stuff. Even still, in one match, he even climbed the top rope and dropped an elbow, landing on the side of his good leg. Also, the Eliminator... Uh, at least still... he's irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, hey, he only did one top rope move, okay? You know, it's, he's, 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 he's smart about it. <laughs> uh, also, the Eliminators still didn't drop the ECW tag titles this week, as expected. On the biggest burying of the lead I've ever seen, Uncle Dave casually mentions that Saturn's son also died a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, he's had a rough few weeks. I didn't know about that second part. That I didn't either. I would have maybe left that part out. Well, it's like I, I, the guy who's, I, you know, I'm, I'm like getting this second hand from the Observer. And he's right. It's like Uncle Davis, like, oh, he's got an effed up knee and he'll be out of action. He didn't drop the tag titles. By the way, his son died. Like, what? Could have sugarcoat a little not... bit more or left it out. What an ass. That's like, how, how, did, how is that not the lead? Like, uh, Saturn's son died a couple of weeks ago, so he's having a pretty rough time. Also, he's injured. Not also his son died. Like, good Lord. Like, well, how... you know, it's not, I'm not laughing. It's not funny at all, but. It's like, well, you know, the sun dying really only affects him, whereas him hurting hurt affects all wrestling. So I prioritize that. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, sadly, that might be his thought process. What an ass. <laughs> yeah, that's just... Maybe he's just oblivious. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to give him the most generous interpretation possible for that, because otherwise, yeah, you're right. He's a complete a-hole. <sighs> I don't know. Either way, uh, at Russellpalooza 1997, real name. Real name. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Dreamer ended uh, up getting 20 stitches. Sorry. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer ended up getting 20 stitches in the back of his head from a chair shot from Rob Van Dam. Damn. Well, uh, you know, that'd be the highlight of his year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Terry Funk was in a bad was in bad physical shape and had a pretty bad match with a lot of people saying that it was sad to watch. Stevie Richards also cut a promo. Um, yeah. But what else is new? Yeah, I mean, most of the last few years of Terry Funk's career were kind of sad to watch. But, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that. But, I mean, come on. Okay, no, no, they shouldn't. You said the last few years. You didn't say all of his career. Yeah, no, I mean, he was freaking let him great. Get, let him get mad. That's why it was sad to watch, because he's better than that. Look, I say the same thing about Jim Ross right now announcing that people are like, well, what are you hating on it? Because he's not what he used to be, dude. He's terrible now. And yeah. I stand by that. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, he's I mean, still the greatest ever. Easily. But now he's yeah. not good. Yep. He could, he could be a lot better. That's for damn sure. I don't think he like completely sucks right now, but he's not, he's not great. I have to I, agree and disagree on that one. But if he, if they were, I'll say this. If they replaced him, I wouldn't be heartbroken about it. Uh, well, I, I should rephrase that. Depending on who they replace him with, I wouldn't be heartbroken about that. I mean, if they but, got rid uh, of him, Tony became the top guy, and they brought in uh, Caprice Coleman, I'd be totally cool with that. That's exactly right, Excalibur. <laughs> 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 Sorry, for, for anybody who doesn't listen to Tony Tony Schiavone's uh, podcast, it's always uh, Conrad always gives him crap. He's like, you're literally paid to sit there and go, that's exactly right, Excalibur. That's exactly right, Jim. <laughs> That's exactly right, Mark. Oh, sorry. I wasn't sure if that was a name or a description. Sorry. Good Lord. That's Jim Cornette's best one ever, in my opinion, dude, when he talked about his cow. <laughs> because Jericho right. actually called him Mark. He goes, oh, I wasn't sure if we were calling him by his first name or a description. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, to finish that story out here. Uh, Stevie Richards also cut a promo talking about his neck injury and how his career might be over. Uh, spoiler, it's not. I, I think he said it was legit almost, though, but, like, by some miracle of God. Yeah, right. And he apparently was that bad. Him, he's a good, according to him, he's a good little Catholic boy, too, so it might have been, you know, divine intervention. Oh, that's right, yeah. Him and uh, Meany were against that crucifying, right? Yeah, he said while they were yeah. doing it, he's like, they're looking at each other. He's like, Meany, this is effed up. <laughs> he's like, I was an altar boy. <laughs> <laughs> it took me anyway. a long time to realize, like, I'm not sure he's okay with it. I'm like, oh, Raven's Jewish, so this doesn't really... Yeah, Raven yeah. Raven was like, whatever, that's not part of the book that I follow. Yeah, right. <laughs> <sighs> Last story I got here, though. Bruno San Martino was in a car accident this week that did over $15,000 worth of damage to his Mercedes. Hot damn. Uh, San Martino was sideswiped by another car and suffered injuries to his back, neck, and shoulders. His doctor said that if he had been in a smaller car, he'd have been he'd be lucky to be alive. Wow, so driving a tank paid off. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Well, $15,000 worth of damage though, man. Like I hope I hope him and the guy who hit him had some good insurance. That's all I can say. 
But that does it for the news and notes. We're going to take our next break. I know we went a little long here, but... Uh, well, that Sean and Brett thing, man. I didn't expect that to take a huge chunk, but... It was a it lot. Was fun. I didn't see it coming. I don't know why. I should have, but... Huh. I, I tried to decide what should be cut, and I was like, this is all kind of big stuff. So this was a, a big news time, and some of these you know, required some details. So uh, I, you and I always like the news and notes, so I, know you wouldn't, I knew you wouldn't mind it. But we'll, uh, we'll take our next break. When we come back, we're diving headfirst into the Great American Bash right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. And if you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It is WCW Great American Bash 1997. Took place June 15th, 1997. The tagline, give him a nice warm hug on Father's Day. What? Um, <laughs> that sounds more like a Mother's Day thing to me. Yeah, like Mother's uh, Day, you know, that new dad is not, but it's odd. Yeah, I, I, look, I'm not putting down hugging your dad, but I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, any guy out there who's like, I've never heard a father say, Come here, son, give me a nice warm hug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, unless you're like coming back from war or something. Right, yeah. 
God. That's a perfect, yeah, perfect example. Yeah. Uh, the venue was the... <laughs> Sorry, I had to oh, laugh the name of this get, arena. Get it out. I love this. <laughs> the name of the arena was The Mark of the Quad Cities. Oh, my God. In Moline, Illinois. Where the hell is Moline? <sighs> not Chicago. Rosemont, I guess. Yeah, no, no, not them. It's yeah, Moline. God. Anyway, the attendance was 9,613, and the pay-per-view buy rate was 0.60, which amounted to 220,000 buys. That's not bad. You were one of them, right? Uh, I watched this (laughs) pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, Ye old scrambler box. Not at your house. I didn't watch it at my house. I didn't own one of those. Yeah, hey. Well, first of all, statute of limitations. Second of all, uh, it wasn't his. Hey, you know, I, I... I, I watched it, okay? You know, I, I didn't look away, but, you know, you, whatever. I saw things. Something puts on, I might watch it. I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> the hell? What was I supposed to do? Look away? Yeah, come on. <laughs> anyway, we get an all-American. Not a lick of Italian video. movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all me. <laughs> well, we, op- we open the show with an all-American opening video before getting into the show. It is Psychosis with Sonny Ono versus Ultimo Dragon in 14 minutes, 20 seconds. Because if you're going to start this show with anybody, the Mexican and the Japanese guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, a great <laughs> American bash. Bring out the, the Mexican-born guy with the Japanese-born guy in his corner against the Japanese-born guy. Yeah, okay. And see, Vince got crap for, I guess, cutting the great American part out of it when they just called it the bash. Yeah. Uh, like, well, this is proof right here that he might have had some merit to it. Yeah. I still thought the Bash was a stupid name. But oh, it yeah. was totally lame, yeah. But... Not quite as bad as Great Balls of Fire, but, you know, it's, it's up there. Either <laughs> way. That, the Great American Bash is actually a thing again. It's on NXT. So there you go. Yeah. Coming up in a few weeks. Hey, keeping it alive. Anyway, uh, Sonny Ono gets involved a couple of times in this one. In the end, Psychosis gets his uh, Irish whip reversed. When he accidentally gets kicked by Sonny Ono, uh, Dragon then locks in the Dragon Sleeper on Psychosis and gets the submission victory. Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it four. I love this. It's perfect. Oh, I love both perfect. these guys. Uh, yeah. They can never do wrong together. Yeah. Ultimo Dragon is probably the most criminally underrated cruiserweight they've ever had. Yeah. It kind of sucks that he didn't have a... a a better run in WWE, but I can't say it's from lack of trying on WWE's part. Like, they did push him a few times. I think he was just used up by then. Yeah, right. It's it, kind of the Vader effect, you know? By the time they got him, Vader was... If he'd only had him 10 years earlier, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, you know, unfortunately, the biggest thing he's remembered for in WWE is him running to the ring at WrestleMania, tripping on his cape. Yes. <sighs> uh, he did have a pretty cool entrance. I have Jack's figures of both uh, of these guys, by the way. Uh, <laughs> of course you do. Oddly enough, they never made a uh, uh, Mattel of him, and I think that he probably owns his own likeness and won't let them because he's not there. Um, yeah. Oddly enough, though, I think Psychosis went on to have a better career in WWE. Uh, yeah, one of the Mexicools at uh, something. I, I, hey, it was look, dude's idea. Yeah. Oh, it's, Stereotypical why, as it was. Why Can't did they listen him. to Hoovy? Hell if I know. Like, because he's the one, juice, man. Yeah, rule number one, don't listen to Hooventude about anything ever. Rule like, number two Lord. to infinity, it'll all fall into place. 
<laughs> right. Uh, I, I know times have changed or whatever, but even back then I was looking at this going, oh my gosh, this is so damn racist. <laughs> oh yeah. My dad was flabbergasted that they put that on TV. <laughs> I'm like, yep. But either way, uh, after the match, Ultimo Dragon threatens Sonny Ono, who takes off with psychosis. Backstage, viewers are asking Chris Benoit questions on WCWWrestling.com. And then we go to the Harlem Heat of Booker Ray and... Er, book, God dang it. Oh Booker, <laughs> Booker Ray and Stevie T, which, by the way, was Stevie Richards' move in WWE. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's true. Uh, Booker T and Stevie Ray. God. Uh, it's I okay. Combine you can leave it in now because you know it works. <laughs> yeah, right. I combine them into one person. <laughs> but Booker T. Oh, I see Ray you're right with the benefit of big time. They were one person, anyways. Okay. Yeah, right. You would have been at least half talented by that point. <laughs> he did leave the I, NWO. You shut your yeah. mouth. Okay, move on. Well, they have Sister Sherry in their corner. They're taking on the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott Steiner. Winners become number one contenders for the WCW World Tag Team Titles. This goes about twelve minutes. In the end, Scott Steiner body slammed Booker T, and Vincent ran in and elbow dropped Booker, getting the Steiners disqualified. Uncle Dave gave this a star and a half. I gave it two and a half. I always like when Harlem Heat and the Steiners hook up. What say you? I'm happy with you. I always liked it when they faced off. This match sucked. I'll give it one. <laughs> it wasn't great. I'll say that. Uh, the ending was complete, like, just stupidity. Anyone doesn't know uh, why they were feuding with the, uh, and, well, I mean, obviously everyone was, but they were a huge feud with the NWO, and Vincent wanted to cost them the match. And... Can we give them some credit yeah. for logic, though? Like, okay, they're mad at them, so instead of beating them up, they hit their opponent, so it costs them the match. Yeah. It's kind of logical, so you got to give them credit for that. Yeah, it at least half makes sense, so I'll say that. What was why funny Vincent was, was half... the one they used to do it, instead of someone like Norton or Bagwell or something, but because this happened after the match. This is why. Yeah, I know. Because after, after the match, he puts up, like, the fist, like, you know, at uh, towards Harlem Heat, like, you know, hey, you know, brothers and whatever. Like, and Harlem Heat is like, yeah, sure. And they turn their back on him. Uh, and oh, they're, they're just happy they won. I just, I love how that's the thing. Like, he put, puts up the fist, like, you know, hey, you know, Black Power, whatever. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> they walk off. Uh, but... They leave with Sherry. And I don't. The I, I just Vincent. Who wouldn't want a team with Vincent though, man? Come on, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't he, understand why they walked away. Wembley. He did him and nails, dude. Yeah, right. Is that he coming up? Finally? Is that coming up in this month, this year? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there you go. Coming up. up for that. Uh, idea. Yeah. Idea. They, we're doing. We're doing the August watch along for that match. Boom. Mark it down. Oh hell! Why not? Yeah. It's the match that sold out Wembley, and it's only three minutes, so it wouldn't take that much time for us to do anyways. But let's do it. He sold out Wembley with a guy who claimed that Vince McMahon touches PP. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, first of all, if it was going to be somebody nails, it probably wouldn't be you. No offense, but God, dude, anyway. Shawn Michaels, uh, the boy toys on the on the roster at the time. Why would he pick nails? Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, drop them nails. God dang it! <laughs> I want to see what everyone in prison saw. All right, move on. Anyway, uh, they beat. Oh man, they, this is not making air. I'm telling you. They had a, <laughs> anyway, uh, the Steiners end up beating Vincent down. They rip his shirt off. 
and they hit the assisted top rope bulldog on him, and then they drape his ripped NWO shirt over him. Ah, rumor, God. rumor has it that when uh, they ripped Vincent's shirt off, Vince McMahon regretted firing because he looked so vascular. God that's dang it. it. Look, that's a rumor. Huh? Look at him. <laughs> his, his exact words was, God dang it, look at him. <laughs> also, all jokes aside, he always did look like a wrestler. You know? Oh, yeah. He was I mean, tall as hell. That's, that's, that's the only good thing Jim Cornette says about Kenny Omega. Goes, you know, I, I can't fault this. The guy looks like a wrestler. Like He says that man. about Sid, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I guess he's right about Vincent. How I many people say that about Vincent? I was like, yeah, he kept himself in shape, you know? Yeah, good for him. he wasn't. Yeah, at least he realized it's like, look, you at least got to look the part, dude. Like, come right. on. Uh, but up next, we get, speaking of looking the part, here we go, man. It is Conan versus Hugh Morris in about 10 and a half minutes. I'm going to put this right. I'm going to put this out there right now. My notes are like, why did this match happen? <sighs> what do you mean, why did this match happen? I was about to say. Asses and seats, main event anywhere in the world. The implosion of the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, I got it. You know, the Dungeon of Doom so- explodes. <laughs> long term story. Long term storytelling. You got me all flustered. <laughs> <laughs> the Dungeon of Doom uh, explodes. Hell yeah, man. Uh, good lord. What is this place? There are no Hulkamaniacs here. <laughs> I'm just reminded by all of it, about all of it, man. I'll never forget Conan and that hardcore. Uh, clearly, was was adding someone, but the hardcore cello exit. I'm Dungeon of Doom, but the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Good grief! But in the, the end, you got all the guys that look like that, and then you got Conan who looks like that. Like, wow! Well, yeah, what right. was that? What's that thing you always say? Which Which one of these is, doesn't belong? <laughs> Yeah, one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> in the uh, end, Conan trips Hugh Morris when he went up to for the moonsault. Hugh went face first into the turnbuckle because no laughing how you matter. Fall. Yeah, you're, you're gonna to you're gonna do a podcast and you better get the names right. No laughing oh. matter. Oh well, excuse the f out of me for disrespecting <laughs> the great Hugh Morris. <laughs> uh, Good yeah. lord. AKA the guy who was accused of putting a jelly donut in between his butt cheeks and uh, stink facing a student in the old performance center. You ever hear about that? I did. I don't know if that's true. I struggle like, not to laugh. I'm not going to lie, but yeah. It's, it's kind of funny, very effed up. I think Matt Cardona backed up a lot of those stories. Yeah, he hates his guts. Yeah. I wonder. He why. did also thank him for training him, though. So. Yeah. And thanks for training me, you piece of garbage. <laughs> Look, you do that to your friend in a frat party when you're drunk or something. That's one thing. But to students. Still disgusting. Well, yeah. I didn't say it was disgusting. I'm just saying like you do that. It's like, oh, well, they're, they're idiot drunks, whatever. Do students? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's effed up, man. Uh, but anyway, uh, but yeah, Hugh fell face first into the turnbuckle. Conan locked him in the tequila sunrise and wins. Apparently, Conan messed up his knee during this match. And after it was over, he had to be helped out of the ring. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I gave it two. I thought it was okay. What say you? I mean, from what I said before we started, I think you can decipher what I gave it. Ooh, no. <laughs> this match was terrible, dude. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like this was the beginning of, like, Conan becoming just, like, a, just a cool character, and that's where oh, it Oh, yeah, you got the hell out of that horrible group, which he had no business being in the first place. Right. Yeah, he was never, like, in the ring as a kid. I was like, oh, he has a cool finisher, and he does that rolling clothesline thing. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I love but, that. 
Yeah. Yeah. As an adult, I'm like, eh, you can tell when he starts going downhill. He, he never sucked. I'll say that. I never thought he sucked. It's just you can tell he wasn't what he once was, you know. But either way, we now go to Mean Gene Okerlund pimping the WCW hotline on the stage. He now calls out the public enemy. He now, unfortunately, calls out the public enemy. Yeah. Look, if you're a fan of theirs, why did this this promo happen? Just get say it. Yeah. Well, they come out, set up a table, and have Mean Gene sit on the table next to them. I'm waiting for it to break the whole time, by the way. I know. Well, no, they're using those WCW tables that, you know, they know sell for everybody, man. Yeah, right. So, yeah, right. But anyway, I didn't understand a damn thing that Rocco Rock or Johnny Grunge were trying to say, other than they feel like they should be the number one contenders for the tag titles, not the Harlem Heat. Uh, they eventually hit their theme and go into the crowd and get the fans to wave their arms. Okay, as a- let's put this in there right now, because this is what I wrote my notes, like, I can't deny these fools were over. Yeah, I mean, they I, come I, out, I, nah, 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 waving their arms. As a kid, I liked it. You also have to take into account, like, back then, like, a, a white rapper was, like, I uh, mean, they weren't rappers, but, like, it was not commonplace yet. Yeah, it was. So, it was, it was like, okay, kind of original, I guess, you know. Yeah, um, Eminem was still considered, like, underground rap at that time. He wasn't, like, a mainstream I don't guy. even know if he was a thing yet. Yeah, in, in 97, he had come out with, uh, I think it was his real some shady album. But it, I'm it was. I'm sure that was 99 or 2000. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, the real some shady, did you, that is correct. It came out in February of 99. Yeah, because I remember everyone was like blasting it in high school and stuff. So. He did have an album that came out in 96 called Infinite. Oh, I have but no I, doubt. Yeah, like yeah, probably. If anybody comes... goes, yeah, if anybody goes back and listens to it, it's very like early 90s style rap. You know, like. If you heard any rap in the early 90s, you know what I'm talking about. It had like a very similar beat and kind of dancey. So every other not... word was the F word. Yeah, basically. But yeah, it was like, you know, run DMC and all them guys are kind of, you know, it's like, oh, stuff you can play in the club, you know, uh, that he, he hadn't hit it big yet. But yeah, so to your point, God, yeah, white rap was coming. Were... <laughs> right. Let's change the world. But okay. Anyways. Yeah, right. But yeah, to your point, yeah, white rappers weren't really a thing, and these guys were super corny. <laughs> and, but super over. I mean, people loved it. Go back and watch Internet yep. with these fools on there and their music hit. Like, the entire crowd's waving their arms. Like, we can talk oh, about yeah. them all day, but man, people, like, got out of their seats for them. Can't deny it. Even, even Conrad Thompson, who is a hardcore ECW apologist and very loyal fan, will still admit... God knows why. <laughs> right. Brian he will still admit... <laughs> oh god i forgot about that yeah <laughs> but he will still say he's like hey, even he admits he's like look god bless uh you know paul Heyman, man he got these fools over and they sucked yep oh so it's it's true they can think paul hey look paul Heyman probably didn't pay them handsomely I, I can't imagine he did uh but he got them paid handsomely because if not for him wcw never would have given a damn but, but also, I don't know if anyone listened to Bully Ray's uh, appearance on Austin's Broken Skulls. He says that uh, they, being in WWE, they being the, the public enemy pronouns, pal. Um, he <laughs> said that they, being in the WWE, kind of um, hurt their chance, the Deli Boys' chance at first because everyone thought, oh, they're just like the, the, the public enemy. They're just going to come in and suck and do nothing. 
Yeah, right. And it's, oh, another team that puts people through tables. You know, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, this team I can actually kind of wrestle though. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like if if you ever actually. Yeah, they did a lot of bull crap in ECW. Everybody did, but yeah, you could. They they actually had talent and could wrestle once that bell rang. Public Enemy, uh, they could fall off of things. That was it. They didn't even jump. They fell. See, they're the literal express, uh, literal definition of what Ric Flair said about Foley. You know, he would stuck men. It's all they're good. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm not speaking. I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead, but you know, people yeah, are going to take it that way. I'm not talking ill of the dead, but right. Yeah, and I don't want people are going to think what they think, whatever. And and oh, well, you guys can't talk bad about them because they're dead. I I heard they were nice guys. And I don't hear a lot of people before or after death. I mean, yeah, some people said they got big heads on them after a while, and that's why they fizzled out in the WWF fairly quickly. But other than that, I don't hear a lot of bad things about them. So as people, I'm sure they were fine. I'm talking, we're talking in-ring work. They were bad. Yeah, sure, we'll call that work. <laughs> yeah, well, I, hey, I'm, I'm trying to be generous here. Too but. generous. Yeah, All right, probably. Right, right. But well, speaking of burial, up next it is Wrath, Mortis, uh, and James Vandenberg taking on Glacier in about twelve minutes. Oh God! The rule is that Mortis has to be handcuffed to the ring post during the match, so he can't interfere. Yeah, Vandenberg, it's going to work out well. Sorry, not to get ahead. <laughs> well, that always works, Greg. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen a shark cage match? Shut up. The person in the shark cage never gets involved. Ever. Okay? It always stops them. Anyway. You sound sarcastic, uh, but whatever. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, but the, anyway, to the actual match itself, you want to call it that. Uh, Vandenberg. Yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> Vandenberg distracts the ref while Mortis tosses a chain into the ring, uh, and it went over Raph's head. Glacier picks it up, punches Raph, and gets the win. So, a couple things here. That was an obvious overthrow by Mortis. Like, it didn't even look like he was trying for Wrath. <laughs> and second That's of all... Notes. I'm like, either he did that on purpose, or he, d- he just doesn't know how to throw. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and the other thing about this that I gotta say is... So, the babyface used a weapon to win. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it just... Hey, just it has to be said. This was a mess from start to finish, this whole thing. Not the match. Well, the match, too, but the whole yeah. thing, man. It was stupid. Uncle Dave gave it three quarters of a star. I'm grading on a bit of a curve because of who's in the match. Uh, I gave it two. Let's say it, it's, uh, it's still below average, say you. I, I put two as well, but barely. Probably the probably the best we'll see out of him, which isn't I, saying I much. I thought the entrances were pretty cool. But then, well, yeah, <laughs> and that damn bell had to ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's um, man, yeah, it's it's, it's something, man. Real quick, though, <sighs> um, I couldn't figure out where do you where do you get the chain at though? Uh, heel chains are us. I can only assume. Yeah, it's probably a good guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Got a good deal on it. Anyway. Uh, after the match, Vandenberg takes the key from the referee and uncuffs Mortis. Oh, okay. Do you notice it takes him like an hour to get the key from him? <laughs> I know. And this would be recreated years later with Paul Heyman and uh, Roman Reigns, by the way. Yeah. Dude, do you How remember that? To give someone a little 
freaking key. Yeah, right. You uh, was, that? That the, was that the Royal Rumble with Kevin Owens? Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't remember Owens that. Owens handcuffed Roman. <laughs> yeah. And it took Heyman like an eternity to <laughs> uncuff him. To which Jim Cornette, you know, says he's like, well, that, you know, that's why I always keep a spare handcuff key in my pocket at all times. Mother. I heard him say that. And I think he also said he keeps it in his pocket at all times, even not wrestling. You never know when you're going to need it. Like, how many times have you been just like, handcuffed in your life, dude? Where you like, oh, got my keys, got my wallet, sunglasses, and um, handcuff key. Cool. I'm ready yeah, to go. Right. Phones, <laughs> wallet, key, handcuff key. When you've, been, when you've been in handcuffs so many times that you need to keep a spare key on you at all times, something's wrong. <laughs> That's, I, I'm just going to say it, all right? The heels jump Glacier and handcuff him to the top rope. They beat him down before the referees hit the ring and split them up. Oh, good. We're going to get more of this. You know, because you Dude, can't just let cat. it die. You can't just let it die a merciful death, man. Well, the cat's got to come and, and do some stuff. Yeah. Yay. Call his mama anyway. if you don't believe me. <laughs> Say what? Call his mama if you don't believe me. Good Lord. Anyway, uh, up next is Akira Hokuto uh, defending the uh, WCW women's title against Medusa. Akira has uh, Sonny Ono in, in her corner. This is a title and you know career what? match. Because Japanese pal, damn it. That's Kinda my lazy, story, but I'm sticking to it. Never. <laughs> uh, Hokuto yeah. works the left leg of Medusa throughout the match. Uh, not that anybody gives a damn, but this meant just over 11 and a half minutes. Uh, at one point, Medusa manages to hit her bridging German suplex to zero reaction from the crowd whatsoever. Uh, and Ono trips her leg, breaking up the pin. Akira Hokuto ends up hitting a Northern Lights bomb for the pinfall win. Crowd boos a little bit. Uh, you could have heard, heard a mouse pissing on cotton during this one, and it's kind of sad. Uncle Dave gave it three stars. I gave Very it sad. two. What say you? I, I'm with Uncle Dave. I love this. That was great. Give it three. I was like, this. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be this good. I was really into it. It wasn't bad. I, I won't say that. Um, but yeah. I, I don't, don't remember what happens with Medusa now. She's lost her career. Obviously, she comes back. But I don't right. remember the aftermath of this now. I'm like, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure it out. Probably should have went and looked. Yeah, because uh, Uncle Dave speculates about that afterwards. He's like, if she really is gone, he's like, where the hell is she going to go? Because, like, uh, WWF isn't going to take her back. And, you know, there's not really any other place unless she goes to Japan. And I don't know if she'll want to go do that. Spoiler, she doesn't go do that. But I don't yeah, know. I've actually in my notes, this is probably the best women's match they've ever had in that company that I've seen. It, is, is this like the end of that? Like, um, yeah, because it was the previous year she was feuding with Bull Nakano, right? I not in previous year. I think it was previously. I think we just covered that. Uh, last uh, no, we didn't. We didn't just like cover just it. Cover it. Yeah, I mean, like recently. Yeah, well, because I know is that that Hog Wild they had that match. Maybe I want to say it was. I want to say it was Hog Wild because uh, Medusa rides like a pink motorcycle to the ring, and that's the only reason I remember this because Medusa has like a pink motorcycle, and then. Like Eric Bischoff even rolled his eyes about this. They had Bull Nakano ride like a little like um uh like Toyota or Tyco whatever uh like 
motorcycle to the ring. And he's like, of course, we had to put her on the Japanese motorcycle. Okay, Tycho makes toys. So okay, so yeah, it's not yeah, it's not Tycho. <laughs> Whatever. I don't. I, it's toy. Uh, it's not Toyota. I can't think of the freaking name. It might have been Honda. Isn't that just? Was, I think that, it, okay. I want to say it was a Honda model. I was gonna say Toyo tires because that's a huge thing now. But I don't know if it was back then. Right. Uh, yeah. I th- I, I want to say it was a Honda that she rode to the ring. And, you said Japanese motorcycle. There you go. I'm just gonna know. Yeah. E Honda. Anyway, uh, Hokuto attacks Medusa's leg a bit after the match, drawing a mild reaction. <laughs> Dude, the crowd did not give a damn about this match. Uh, after I don't the know why, man. I thought this was damn good. I mean, yeah, I mean, if it had a bit of a bit more of a crowd reaction to it, I would have not saying that had anything to do with my rating, but it's like I would have like when the crowd's really hot into it, it makes me feel it more, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. But this, they didn't give a damn, and I was like, that sucks because I mean. Yeah, this match this match was not bad, so I don't know. I don't get it. But uh, after I feel like when I'm watching these back, I don't really pay attention to the crowd's dead. I only notice it if they're alive. Yeah, I, I've always done that. Where you know, I like if if the crowd is like red hot when even when I'm watching it because I you know I don't go to as many live shows as you obviously. So it's like when the crowd is red hot, it's like that that makes me feel a little bit more like almost like I'm there in person, but not always. Either way, um, uh, after the referees get Hokuto out of the ring, Medusa sits there and cries. A trainer and ref- and uh, a the referee, Mickey J, help Medusa out of the ring. And uh, Mean Gene Oakland comes up to her with a microphone. He says it was eight years ago when Medusa blew out her knee. But the real concern is that Medusa's career is over. He asks Medusa if she has a response to losing her career. Medusa shoves Gene away as the crowd chants, leave her alone, leave her alone. I was like, damn, uh, they're turning on Mean Gene. I thought this was a poor placement for an interview. They could have done it backstage, but I mean, I get it. Yeah. Like I said, the crowd turned on freaking Mean Gene. I was like, damn. It was like, like one of the only most universally loved people in all wrestling, too. So that's important to note. <laughs> yeah, that's saying something right there. Uh, but yeah, it's not good. Anyway, up next is Chris Benoit versus Meng with Jimmy Hart in his corner. It is a return <sighs> death Man. match. This match, dude. Wow. It went about 15 minutes. Benoit jumps Meng outside the ring to start the match and then chases off Jimmy Hart. In the end, Chris Benoit locks in the crippler crossface and keeps the hold in for at least a whole minute until Meng half-heartedly taps out while passing out. Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it an even two for below average. What say you? I gave it two, but man, they beat the piss out of each other, man. Yeah, they did. Um, it, yeah. There had to all be some live effort. rounds in there, dude, because it looked brutal. All that effort, and it wasn't all that good. It wasn't all that good, but it was watchable. I'll say that. Yeah, it's like the ending, Not though. This is saying much, but yeah, the ending was all right. I, I feel like it came out of nowhere, though. That's my one thing. Well, it uh, did, but it didn't. The whole thing was to get to Kevin Sullivan. So, um, yeah, and he was running like a gauntlet. But uh, when I say the ending, by the way, I mean it was fun too. But I meant the afterbirth. Uh, oh God, yeah, yeah, that Here was that was something, man. <laughs> well, after the match, for some reason, Chris Benoit is <sighs> put in a neck brace and loaded onto a stretcher to leave. Even though I didn't see him take any damage to his neck whatsoever in this match, maybe I missed something. It's, it's Chris Benoit. Probably was legit hurt. You never know, but <laughs> right. 
but it takes him a while to wake Mang up and stretch him out. Match was honestly not that brutal, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, they hit each other kind of hard, but I'm like, really? They both have to be stretchered out? All right. But halfway out, Ming actually rolls off the gurney for some reason and has to load him back on. <laughs> I laughed I way too hard at that part, dude. I didn't know if that was a shoot or if they dropped him. Well, or... Look what happens as he's on the floor. Then then tell me. Uh, I didn't see you. What, what happened? What they... Doesn't does the next match start coming out? And he's just... uh, well, no, we get we got Mean Gene on the stage first. And that's a, they're that's wheeling right, him yeah, past Mean Gene. Interview, it's an interview coming. That's what I meant. Okay, so there's an yeah. interview going on while he's being taken out. And I actually... It's funny, I saw this, and then I saw the, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, on Raw, Cody got beat up by Seth with a sledgehammer, after, you know, he's, he's going away yeah. for a while. As Cody's down on the ramp, um, we don't see it, because they go to commercial, but we come back from commercial, Dana Brooks in the ring, Cody's still laying down on the, on the ramp, and wow, like, really? so to understand that Dana Brooks just entered right over Cody, <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> Was something else? Yeah, like, all means being taken away. Like, let it freaking uh, breathe for a minute, dude. <laughs> God dang it! Get to the next match, pal. <laughs> oh uh, man, that's some TNA stuff there. Like, hurry up, get to the ring. Like you said, no time usually hurry up, go off the air while they're celebrating. Yeah, right. Close enough. He for- wins. We'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> now we go to Michi Nokelin on the stage. Okay. Uh, saying that there's a rumor backstage that someone will show up tomorrow night on Nitro. That man is allegedly having <sighs> issues with his current employer. Who the hell is okay. it? Okay, so me and and uh, uh, mutual friend, we were watching this, and, we're, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Who the hell is it?" And I deduced like it's it's got it's it's got to be when Raven and Kurt Henning show up, but it's I don't know which one of them it is because they both show huh. up. Raven's there from the beginning of the show or the middle of the show, whatever, in the crowd. Like, oh, is he now with WCW? And at the way in, like, we're talking last 15 seconds. Kurt Henning's here. Oh, my God. We'll see you next week. So, like, which one was it? So, yeah. yeah. So, it was one of those two. I'm almost certain. Right. Well, either way, we then get a promo for Bash at the Beach where Dennis Rodman will be there with Hollywood Hogan. Uh, what was that match again? Uh, them two against Luger and the Giants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and after we're done with Lex Luger and the Giant, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you do the rest, because we don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm good on that. <laughs> but either way, uh, up next, Steve Mungo McMichael with Deborah McMichael in his corner takes on Kevin Green. Match we've all been waiting for. I had three words, dude. Can you tell me what they are? Asses in seats. There I got three is. more words for you. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> this one goes Shut almost up. nine and a half Take minutes. My money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Green jump starts this one <laughs> with a jumping ah! drop kick. Got that in my notes. Jump start. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he jump starts this one with a jumping <laughs> drop kick over the top rope, which is actually very impressive. Uh, Mongo taunts Green's parents in the front row, and Kevin's mom hits Mongo with her handbag. Look, they were obviously planted there for this moment. However, they are there throughout the entire show. So it wasn't what WWE does where they usher somebody in just to get them on camera, and then they leave. All right. Yeah. Because so, if you watch the main event, they're still there. 
It's like, ah, okay. I but actually anyway. noticed that on uh, Rampage last week when Jungle Boy's mom was there the whole show. Oh, yeah, his mom and sister. I guess his sister's an actress, by the way. Yeah, uh, all the way live. <laughs> wow. Uh, in the end, uh, Deborah distracts the referee. Jeff Jarrett runs out with the Halliburton. Uh, Green pulls Mongo in the way of it, and Jarrett blasts Mongo in the top of his head. Green then pins Mongo for the win. Uncle Dave says that NFL player Kevin Green showed more natural wrestling ability in only his third match ever than pretty much anyone he's ever seen that uh, that early in their career. Given Green's age, he'll probably never be a full-time wrestler, but Dave says that he's amazing for someone who's only had a few weeks of training. He and I both gave this dose stars, though. What say you? I, I gave it two, but like for a match between these two, how good it was, I think it deserves a three. But I'm going to still say two. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's not like, holy crap, blows me away, but yeah, it was, it was good. I liked it. Uh, and I don't totally disagree with Dave on that one either. He was he was damn good for only having, you know, a couple of weeks of training, only like three matches. And he's in the ring with Mongo, which you and I have pointed out <laughs> is a hefty load. That should be double pay right there. Yeah, right. So uh, good for him, man. Now, to be fair, he hasn't seen Pat McAfee yet, but, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, but after the match, Deborah argues with Jeff Jarrett about what he did as Jarrett walks off. Kevin Green celebrates his win with his parents for a little bit. We now go backstage to the trainer's room where he's tending to Medusa's knee. She can't straighten her leg out, so they're speculating that she needs surgery. Uh, again, I don't know if this is legit or not. But Up next, we get the Outsiders of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall with six in their corner. They're defending the WCW World Tag Team titles against Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. This will be the last time these guys have to work together. It was about ten minutes. Flair ends up brawling with six all the way to the backstage area and never coming back because he, he forgot he's in the middle of a match for the tag titles, I guess. Dumb. Uh, this leaves Piper to get double teamed. Nash hits a big boot. Hall hits the outsider's edge and he pins Piper to win. Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. I gave it one and a half. I did not like this match. What say you? I gave it two. It was whatever. Yeah, I was like, it just. It, it doesn't really make sense. Like, why, why did uh, why did Flair just forget he's in the middle of a match? And it's like, I'm going to fight with you all the way to the back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then never came back out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, like, even after the match was done, he didn't come out. <laughs> I'm done. Like, Going home. Yeah, right. Uh, it's like, well, I had my bags packed for exactly this moment. But Roddy Piper seems pissed after the match and confused as to where Flair went. He slaps a top turnbuckle. And he leaves. We're about to get into the main event here. So that means we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we somewhere. go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do ever do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Roadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... 
What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Grace, and I'm an indie vet. I'm also home from work at 6 and already transformed into a princess. Mommy, put on your crown. That's because I've got complete control of my schedule, plenty of shifts that fit my life, and a team like no other. It's a whole new way to vet. Indie Vets. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Macho man Randy Savage with Elizabeth in his corner taking on Diamond Dallas Page with Kimberly Page in his corner. Dallas white trash. <laughs> it's false count anywhere. Uh, goes about 17 minutes. Michael Buffer was clearly confused by DDP's entrance because he had no idea what to say when Kimberly comes onto the stage without DDP. <laughs> Did you catch that? Yes. He starts yep. announcing DDP and then he switches to, you know, ad-libbing about Kimberly and then it, he just keeps going and then he just stops. Like, okay. But DDP actually enters through the crowd and attacks Savage from behind. This was clearly the beginning of the rib tape page. Because uh, I, I just remember as a kid, when I first started watching WCW, he wore jeans and taped his ribs all the time. Uh, they brawl through the crowd. Savage powders Paige in the, in the eyes. In the face! Uh, in the face! I had to get it in once. <laughs> Macho Man pile drives referee Mickey J, you know, because he's a wild man. And then uh, Savage backs Kimberly into the corner, and referee Nick Patrick backs him up. They battle into the VIP area that is made to look like a picnic cookout area, and they destroy that. First of all, I'm like, where the hell did this come from? Because I've been watching this video all night. I didn't see that anywhere. How did I not at least get picked up on camera once? Yeah, they they, uh, they were pretty good about them camera angles. Because <laughs> if you look back at it, they never once put the camera, like, facing that area. Like, so Also, I want to say, by the way, those seats sucked. How are those a prize? Yeah, I know. I was like, so you get free food while you get to stand on your chair to watch the matches? Like, I don't get it. But uh, when Nick Patrick stops Savage from pile driving DDP on the concrete, Savage attacks him. He then randomly attacks a cameraman. Does that make sense? (laughs) He attacks a cameraman. Uh, DDP hits a diamond cutter. And then Scott Hall runs out. But DDP takes him out. Uh, Macho Man hits DDP with a tag title that uh, Hall had brought to the ring with him. And then Hall hits the outsider's edge on DDP. Macho then hits a flying elbow drop for the win. 
Uncle Dave gave the three and three quarter stars. I gave it three. It was a mess, but it was fun. Let's say you. I gave it three. Not their best match. Their yeah. best match, by the way, is already in the archives. At Spring Stampede. It was fun, yeah, though. Yeah, go back and listen to that. Yeah, it was it was fine. Was this her final lockup this year? Or did I they think it was her final one on one on pay per view. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, the timing of this was clearly off because as soon as that bell rings and Macho Man stands up, they roll credits, and that's the end of the yep. show. That's you <sighs> and I had talked about timing issues earlier. There you go. We just talked uh, about TNA was the worst at this part right here. Oh, he wins! Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had said this was kind of a weird sandwich of a pay-per-view with great matches, like at the beginning and the end, with a lot of crap in the middle. It wasn't all crap, obviously, but it just all, didn't all hit. prime bread, but the meat sucked. Yeah, right. But either way, well, this uh, brings us to the end of the show. That means it's our final break. When we come back, it's final ratings time, and we'll tell you what's coming up in the coming weeks on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy and I'm the host of the no credentials required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the capital district also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 6.5 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 5.62 out of 10. I also gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I, probably a D. Let's say you. 
I gave it a C minus. Yeah, I I've seen a lot better out of them. And this year I've seen a lot better out of them. So I don't know. It wasn't great. Because this is horrible. one of their this is one of their bigger events. Usually you'd think we'd go all out. Which Hulk Hogan was never at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that about does it for uh for that one. It was interesting to uh to see that. But we're moving on to well, this Friday isn't gonna be better stuff, but it'll be interesting. <laughs> This Friday, we're hitting you with some more classic NWA for the bonus show. It's NWA Clash of the Champions 2 Miami Mayhem. Uh, I still got to go back and watch that one. And it's uh, from what you said, I shouldn't be in a big hurry. (laughs) That's some interesting stuff. Yeah, Uh, I haven't gathered the news for that one yet. So hopefully the news is interesting. We'll see. It's another one of those time capsules of where are we in wrestling. But we're closing out the month on June 29th with TNA Slammiversary 2012 for its 10-year anniversary. Uh, yeah, we are is, sorry. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 10 years of TNA for Slammiversary 2012. And uh, as of the posting of this, Slammiversary 20 just happened. That's crazy. Still around. Still going. When the uh, asteroid hits Earth and we all die, cockroaches and TNA will be the only thing alive. Yeah, right. And Twinkies. Lots of Twinkies. (laughs) (laughs) But that will wrap up the month of June. It's uh, an interesting month. Looking ahead to July, we got some great stuff coming up there as well. We've got another Great American Bash, but this time under the WWE banner coming in uh, July. Those ones were always... um, That one might be a little near and dear to my heart. Yeah, that one's, uh, those were always interesting and, uh, something to behold, I'll say. But anyway, that about does it for us here today on the podcast. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. And we will see you all this Friday with Clash of the Champions 2 Miami Mayhem and next week with TNA Slimiversary 2012. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.